go for it, Bacon. This is Big Bacon Brad Hollister, and you are listening to the Rip Sign Podcast with my man, Joey G. <laughs> awesome sauce. Welcome, up, welcome everybody to episode number 15 of the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G. I am Joey G, and my guest at this time is the reigning, defending Northeast Wrestling Live champion, Big Bacon Brad Hollister. Big Bacon, how you doing, man? Hey, listen, I can't complain, you know? I'm out here living the dream, as the kids would say. <laughs> For those of you who know, uh, Big Bacon was one of the first big names from Northeast Wrestling that got me really into NEW, and uh, of course, he's never ripped any of my signs at an NEW show. Well, uh, you're being very generous by saying big name, but uh, yeah, well, this is, I've been saying this for the longest time, ripping signs is the most generic and cheap, like, even if, even if I'm a bad guy, right, I ain't gonna rip a sign, because it's a cool visual. I'll do it after the match. But, like, why take away the visual of a sign during the match? It makes the match look like it's a bigger deal. So I think every time a bad guy comes to the ring and rips a sign, they're, they're a goof. I, I understand, you know? So. You know? so uh, it's taken away from your own match, you know? That's just my opinion on it. But, hey, if people are out there ripping signs, and if you can make a show out of it, fucking do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, Bacon, first off, what you been up to lately these days, man? Oh, dude, um, not much, man. Like, uh, the thing about this pandemic, like, I've been doing sports year-round since I've been, like, eight years old, and then I got into pro wrestling when I was 15, and that's another year-round thing. So, like, this is the first time I really had, like, a break, like, while I'm healthy, like, a break not recovering from an injury. So, like, it was really cool to just kind of be able to do nothing and just focus on real life. So, like, that was... Honestly, one of the coolest parts about this whole experience was it forced me to take a break because when I uh, when I tore my ACL like over a year ago, I, I came back way too quick. Like I came back in five months, and that's like a, a year long thing. So I I feel like I rushed back into it. So this like kind of forced me to pump the brakes and be like, hey, let everything recover. And like I said, during this whole past year, I've just been. Focusing on life, and it's been great. No, I, I get you. When the pandemic first hit, I, I was kind of disappointed because I know um you had just made the return at NEW back in like February, right before the pandemic hit, and um you know obviously NEW Arena crowd is on fire for your return, and then March uh, March Mayhem, I think it was you uh, you blasted through Chuck O'Neill, and then um. You got in the fatal four-way match, and then, of course, we then we got hit with the skid with the pandemic. Yeah, but, uh, but again, like I said, I think even though, like, yeah, it sucked missing a, a year worth of wrestling, like, that's never a good thing. Um, but just in terms of my personal health, like, I think, again, it forced me to pump the brakes and be like, because, again, I, I came into it way too quick. Like, those, those couple matches I had before everything got shut down, like, I was able to perform, but, dude, like, I wasn't, I couldn't run still, you know what I mean? And I was out there wrestling, so, like, it was just shit like that where it was just, like, it, this was probably so good for me, and uh, a lot of people, obviously, wasn't good for, but, like, this time was just, again, it, I feel like I got healthy during this time, and um, made a lot of strides in life, so, ended up working out for me. 
I got you on that, man. You know, it, it like, like I said, it was, I guess it was good for a while to rest up your body then so you can fully get recovered, so. Oh, yeah, dude, because, like, those matches, there was, like, a reason they weren't long matches, you know what I mean? Like, it's because I just was not physically able to do what I thought I could, and um, it was just because, like, dude, I, I'm so hard-headed, like, the second they told me it was going to be, they said 9 to 12 months, in my head, I was like, alright, it would be freakish if I came back in 6 months, it would be ridiculous if I came back in 5. So, I I came back right before the six-month mark, um, after tearing my ACL getting, or after getting ACL surgery, so, yeah, probably not a smart move. Nah, I mean, we all, we're, nobody's perfect in this world, but you know what? It is what it is. You're now at full 100%, uh, you're in 100% mode now, so, so definitely good to go now. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and like, like I said, um. Being able to come back so early, like, a, a big reason, another reason, like, that was cool was, I don't think anyone was expecting it, like, I was doing commentary things, like, people saw me in a wheelchair probably, like, a, like two months before that, you know what I mean? So I don't think anyone thought that me coming back that quick was a possibility, so I was like, alright, if I come back even quicker, like, that's gonna add to that moment as well. So that's that was another reason I wanted to do it, too, but again, I was just hard-headed. No, like I said, I'm a little bit hard-headed myself, so I, I understand the feeling, and I know it, so. So, uh, Bacon, what got you into professional wrestling first? Like, what was that first moment that got you interested in professional wrestling? I hated myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so, like, my dad wrestled for, like, a tiny, tiny bit. Like, I'm, I mean, like, I don't even think he had, like, a, a match. Like, I think he just trained, like, in the mid-80s or early 80s, whatever. And, um, so he was, like, not a huge fan of it, but he always, like, appreciated it, and, like, where a lot of people kind of, like, will crap on it, he was always, like, cool with it. So, like, I was just big, like, my dad loved sports, my dad liked wrestling, like, I was gonna like what my dad liked. And then, um, when I was, like, really young, and I mean, like, because I was born in 92, so, like, the Attitude Era for me was what really got me into it when I was, like, eight years old, like, I mean, it was almost over at that point, but, like, anyways, it was, like, guys like The Rock, and then, uh, The Rock transitioned for me to guys like Kurt Angle, and then, like, Brock, and then huge Carlito guy, so, like, that was kind of, I got sucked in during the time where wrestling was absolutely out of Tottenham. The Attitude Era, I remember, being at, uh, being at, like, really, like, the height of, um, like the late 90s and early 2000s. I love the Attitude Era. I don't think there was a day that I don't remember watching a uh, Raw or SmackDown around that time. Oh, yeah. Like, the, I was obsessed with it. And, too, it was so funny. Uh, and I've told this story on shows before. I told it on my show before. Like, when I was a kid, I I never watched WCW because I heard, like, of the rating wars, right? And I was like, I'm, I'm stupidly loyal as well, right? So... I heard there was, a, like, a ratings war. So I used to, like, turn on all my TVs in the house, <laughs> WWF, and my parents would get so pissed at me because they're, like, wasting electricity. But I'm like, Mom, like, I didn't know how ratings work. They, they don't work like that, by the way, uh, anybody. But I didn't know how they work. So I was just like, well, I want to make sure my boys win. So I'm going to have five TVs on in this house, all on WWF. 
<laughs> oh my god, you know, I don't, like I said, I, I get, I get the loyalty factor, trust me, I, I really rarely ever tuned into WCW, I think if I was really bored, I mean, I'm not knocking WCW, because I did enjoy it, I just, like, at, at the time, I really just wanted to, like, f get hyped up for WWF at the time, and, um, when, um, if I really was just really early interested in getting a little bit of the wrestling spark before, uh, Raw or Smack or Raw on Monday nights, I would just tune into WCW for a little bit, and then as soon as like nine o'clock hit, boom, Raw was on. Not like so. Another thing was the reason I didn't watch WCW. My dad is like, he's one of those he likes real life tough guys, so he always hated Hogan. So Hogan was like the guy over at WCW. So I was like, I ain't watching that shit. Like, which is crazy <laughs> to look back in hindsight because like. That was, for me growing up, Hogan was a WCW guy, but, like, realistically, Hogan's, like, the most WWF, WWE guy of all time, but when I was a little kid, I didn't know that, so I was just like, oh, this guy stinks over there at WCW, I ain't watching this. <laughs> what, what, um, what was your favorite guy at the time in the Attitude Era? Were you a Rock guy or an Austin guy? Oh, I said earlier, The Rock, absolutely. Oh, okay. When I was a little kid, and it's funny, um, when I was a little kid, I hated Austin. And looking back, Austin was awesome, right? Like, I'll watch stuff now, or, like, even stuff a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, dude, how did I hate him as a little kid? Oh, yeah, when I was a little kid, dude, I hated Austin, because, like, I played sports, and, like, The Rock went to Miami University, right? And they were always known for, like, swagger. And I played sports, and, like, everyone on my team had swag. But I lived in an area where it was just, like, Blue collar, beer drinking, much like Austin. And I didn't like the people I lived around, but I loved the people I played sports with. So in my head, I was like, well, The Rock is way more like the people I play sports with. And Austin's like the people I live around. I don't want to be a stone cold. Get me over there with The Rock. So that's why growing up, I was a huge Rock guy. I hear you on that. I remember... Um being a massive rock guy myself at the time, I think I always showed up at school like wearing the sunglasses inside like the classroom, and they'd always always be like yelling at me in the classroom, be like, "Can you take the sunglasses off, please?" I'm like, "Why should I take the sunglasses off, jabroni?" And I throw up the eyebrow, and they just yell at me more. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. You know, gotta let them know. Exactly, man. Hey, exactly. There was that one point actually. It was funny. Um, we used to, we, me and my buddies, we made like a uh, fake hardcore title, and we were actually defending it all around the school all the time because the twenty four seven thing was big at the time. And uh, I think I remember winning it like six times, and then like one day the teacher caught us like going at it in the hallway because um, one of us got mad because they felt like there was a faulty three count. They caught it. And they, they said you, they uh, told us if we bring we do this again they'll expel all of us. So, well, you know it's funny you mention that because I don't think I ever brought this up on what sizzling either. But when I was growing up, we had the the KC Family Championship. Okay. And it was the same concept of the twenty four seven. You could pin any anyone in the house at any time. Okay. But it started getting so controversial where like people would say like, oh, you can't count your own three because you count too fast, and like. People be like, well, I pinned you when you're sleeping. and they're So then we added the rule of you have to have another family member make the count for you. So we used to have the Casey Family Championship, and it would get super intense because we would just randomly start trying to pin each other at any time throughout the day. I can imagine that, trying to have dinner. Next thing you know, you get rolled up. Oh, and my dad is like 6'5", 300-some pounds. Like, he's a big boy. So, like, when he got the strap, you know, it was tough to get it off of him. Me and my brother did it, though. We we were the first co-champions. I believe we retired as the champs. <laughs> uh, 
Who um who won the most reigns of the KC oh, Championship? I mean, I was definitely one of those liars when the like anytime whoever was the champ was asleep, I'd be like, "Oh, I pinned you in your sleep." Okay. I'm like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. I'm, so I may have the most reigns, but there's definitely an asterisk. Like you know, where a lot of baseball players or have all these Hall of Fame or uh, have all these uh, records, but they got the asterisk because they fucking were doing steroids the whole time. Yep. My Casey Championship reigns are much like those uh, Barry Bonds home runs. Put a little asterisk next to them. Ah. Uh, uh, a lot of them were illegitimate. Okay. All right. <laughs> So, Bacon, um, going forward, obviously you were a massive fan of the Attitude Era. What made you say, hey, I could do this for a living? Or I could, you know, I want to go and uh, try to be a professional wrestler. Well, um, I started when I was 15 solely based on the reason of uh, it was my first time playing high school sports. And I, unlike youth sports, I didn't know you had to remain academically eligible play high school sports so I like let my grades go to shit and then it was my first year of like not playing a sport so I didn't know what to do with myself I was having a um a midlife crisis at 15 and I was (laughs) like oh my god I can't not do something I gotta play a sport so then I started looking up wrestling schools and uh because I was always a fan of wrestling and I was like all right well I don't need to have good grades to do this and (laughs) I started doing that then again, when my grades uh, got back up in school, then I finished out my high school sports career, then came back to wrestling. Uh, all right. Where did you uh, train at, might I ask? Uh, I, my head trainer grow, uh, when I first started was Antonio Thomas. Okay. Uh, he was one half of the heartthrobs. He's now Thomas Santel. Um, he was my trainer, and I, again, I can't thank him enough because, like, I had, like, someone, like, I had someone that taught me all the bumps and all, like, how to lock up and all that, but once he came to the school and, like, really took over and took over my training, at least, like, that's what I feel got me to learning the absolute basics and being able to put on a match to, like, being able to put on a good match, so I always credit my training to him because he's just, he's done so much for me in getting to that next level that I always wanted to when I first started. Okay. Now, I know most uh, most of the uh, different um, wrestling schools, they have different kind of ways of doing it. Like, some of them don't allow them out on the in the ring for, like, the first year. Um, some of them just want to make sure you know the basic, like, A, B, C, Ds before they start teaching you the cool stuff. How did uh, that training school go? Like, what was the basic way that they... Not the basic way, but how was the way they te- taught you there? They asked me... Uh, <laughs> this was before I, like, really got... Uh, all the training with with uh, Thomas Santel, but um, they pretty much were like, hey, how many tickets can you sell for this upcoming show? And I said a good amount, and they said, hey, we think you're ready. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, I was like, I think I was like four or five months in, again, 15 years old. I had my first one up, and like, once I kind of knew the basics and they understood like I was an athlete, and it's weird, like, I, I have not gotten that much bigger since I was 15, right? Like, I've gained weight, and I've gotten, like, a little bit of... But I've always been around, like, 5'10", 210 pounds at that time. Now I'm, like, 250, a little bit bigger now. But, like, overall, like, I was always a bigger kid, right? When I was 15, I didn't look like a 15-year-old. So that definitely helped me out, too, because I think a lot of these places would not have let me wrestle if they knew... 
that they would need a pair of consent forms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, your first um, your first matchup, obviously. Uh, I, I now I just started I started following you around 2018 from NEW. Obviously, were you nervous at all for your first ever match, like your your big first match in pro wrestling? When did you have your first match, actually? Okay, I actually do remember this date. August 15th, 2008. And the only reason I remember that was because it was 13 days before my 16th birthday. Oh, okay. Um, so, that, and it's funny, I'm terrible with dates and, like, times and all that. Names, everything. But I always remember that date because I was just like, okay, I had my first one-on-one match before I was 16. That's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so I wasn't... I wasn't really nervous because it was so last minute, right? Like, it wasn't like I was booked for the show. Okay. I showed up with somebody else, and um, a spot opened up on the show, and it was against a guy that I trained with, so I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me. Um, because, again, it was someone that I was comfortable with, someone that I worked with before for my first match, and it wasn't like a huge crowd or anything. And, again, I was coming off of, like, I've done amateur wrestling tournaments where it's like, you know, these field houses, which are, like, the size of three or four gyms, like, sold out. So, like, when I got into pro wrestling, the, for my first show was, like, in front of, like, 20 people. So, I think, like, to me, I was just like, all right, now I'm doing practice in front of a couple people. You know, like, I didn't think it was... There's definitely been times where I've been a little nervous, but that definitely wasn't one of them, oddly enough. All right. Now, flash forward, we go to uh, NEW. Now, I, I like I said, I started seeing you in like maybe 2000, I think it was 2018, I caught your first match, not your first match, but the first match I remember seeing you ever wrestle in, from my point of view, I, I caught uh, WrestleFest in 2018 when you took on Matt Riddle. Oh, yeah. That was um, literally the first match I ever saw you wrestle in. How does it feel knowing um, he went on, how, or... I'm trying to think of the word for it, but how does it feel seeing how uh, he went on to uh, the WWE? And did you enjoy that match, personally? Oh, yeah. The, the WrestleFest match was dope. Um, into going into it, it was... I, I don't even think it was supposed to be me versus him at first. And then I ended up getting changed to me versus him just because of my amateur wrestling background and then, of course, his fighting background, his, his amateur wrestling background. So I think it was just like, you know, it was going to be you know, a hard-hitting matchup. So, going into that, dude, I was super pumped because I'm a huge fight fan and I'm a huge fan of the UFC. And I was like, all right, like, I know this dude's legit and we're going to, you know, go into it. We're going to beat each other up a little bit. There's not going to be too much uh, pussyfooting around, you know. We're just going to get right into it. So, I was super excited about that part. Um and then seeing it all success now, I'm not surprised at all. Like, there are a few times where I'm in there with somebody and I'm like, oh, shit, this dude's pretty cool, right? And that was one of those times, like, I remember I was in the ring. Um, it might not even been the WrestleFest show. This might have been the second time we wrestled at the stadium. I was standing in the ring. He's just, like, walking to the ring to his song, doing his thing. I was just like, damn, that's a cool dude right there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a very few times that that happened to me where I'm like, I'm about cooled right now. I don't. I don't appreciate this. I gotcha. There are a few guys I've seen you wrestle against, Brad. That um, I I could watch a hundred times and never get sick of. Cause I I know um, you always put on like fire matches with like uh, J T Dunn, Christian Casanova, Flip Gordon. Those are like three right there I can name off the top of my head that I've always seen you guys put on like 
like massively great matches. Like I've seen you guys go back and forth for a while. I think um actually it was um there was a show in Poughkeepsie I I remember back in 2018 that it was you and JT Dunn that you guys went at it. And um I think that was the the first really time I've seen you go at it like really like hardcore with like JT Dunn in that match. Like you guys went back and forth like in the uh the match that we uh me and my crew said that you guys stole the show with that one. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, well, so the, the three names you mentioned, I say it all the time. Like, like those are my three favorite opponents, and it's not even close. Like, I can't even think of a fourth off the top of my head. And probably the fourth would be uh, my tag partner, and I would much rather tag with him than wrestle him because, you know, we're buddies. Um, but, yeah, those three guys, like, I mean, I, I could – Legit, I say, and this is always the analogy I use, like, we could be blindfolded on a highway and still put on a good match, because just there's certain people you have that instant chemistry with, and, um, with, with Flip, I say it all the time, and I've been disputed on this, but I always thought that when I was brought into NEW, there wasn't, like, huge plans for me, you know, and I knew that there definitely was for Flip, so in my head, I was like, alright, if I could tear it up with Flip, like, at least I'm going to be with the guy they got the plans for, right? And then I was like, maybe those plans could eventually come to me. But I'm like, if I work with him and we have great matches, like, as he rises, I'm going to naturally rise with him because that's going to be, uh, you know, a good opponent for him. And luckily it worked out just like that because I I knew Flip just, dude, he could do everything. He, I say it all the time, and he gets, he's very humble when it comes to this because um, he's like, what do you mean? I'm not like any, like, Ricochet or Will Ospreay. I'm like, what are you talking about, Flip? I'm like, you can do everything on the planet. I'm like, I've never seen a, a move you can't do. You know what I mean? And so, like, being able to work with him and then, like, us kind of work up the ranks at NEW together, like, that was really cool. So I thought that was, originally, like, that was always my favorite opponent because just the way we, like, we would go from opening the, the show to closing the show throughout like, our rise together, so I thought that was really cool, JT is just, again, one of my favorite opponents, because it was funny, like, we were around each other for years, dude, like, years, and never wrestled, right, and I don't talk about, like, maybe, like, seven, eight years where we didn't wrestle, and then we got, we wrestled each other once, and it was really good, and then I think we wrestled each other, like, 12 times over the next year. Like, it was just, like, crazy how we went from never wrestling till we wrestled each other a ton. And um, me and him had that instant chemistry, and it's only grown because now we take our old ideas, and it's funny, like, it's only us two that knowing we're doing callbacks to our old matches, but we still do them anyways because it's, like, fun for us. Okay. And then, uh, and then Christian is another one where it was just, like, me and him have wrestled before either of us got to NEW. So, again, being with him in the ring so much has been really cool to be like, dude, there was one point me and him wrestled at, a, like, a, a fair, and I had a manager as our partner, and he had a kid that was, like, six months in and then quit wrestling, like, as his partner. So it's just, like, so crazy to see us, like, wrestle in front of ten people to all the all the shit we did in NEW together, and, like, we, like, me and Christian probably had the longest heavyweight title feud without a gimmick match and i was like took pride in that because i'm like there's nothing personal with this feud of me and christian right i'm not like i want your blood i want you in a cage match you know there was like never any of that it was just like 
we're going to go out there and let's see who the better wrestlers. And, like, that was our whole feud, and I thought that was really cool. Yep, and it, it's it's funny. Um, I'm like I said, I'm happy to see Casanova now doing so well as well because uh, he just signed with WWE, and that is a uh, major props to him. What? <laughs> I was gonna be like, wait a minute, Bacon didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, dude, I'm super pumped for him. And, like, and it's funny, like so many guys. Like when I first started, people would tell you, like, oh. And, when other guys get signed, like, you're going to get bitter, you're going to get angry. But, like, everyone who's gotten signed has been, like, really good dudes from around here, right? Like, Christian, AG, like, dudes, like, how how could anyone be angry or bitter for two guys that, like, worked their ass off and fucking did everything the right way, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's just, it's nothing but praise for those two guys. Like, very few deserve it more. So, I, you know, I'm so happy for them. And, again, at... I worked with AG a bunch, but I worked with Christian probably more than I wrestled anyone in my life. So, like, just him, I do. I'm so so happy for him. I uh, like he's gonna fucking kill it, dude. He's gonna take over. Exactly, man. And um, funny you should say that because um, yesterday Casanova went live on Instagram, and I did remember asking him a question on who does who do you, who would he wish could have uh, joined him with signing with the WWE from NEW, and he brought you up in the uh, conversation. You know, what, what a guy, what a sweetheart. I know, Cat. I love him too, man, and I'm so happy for him that he's uh, getting to uh, start the next chapter in his career, so it's, it's an amazing thing for him. Absolutely. So, uh, Bacon, I got some questions from some people, if you don't mind. I do mind, actually, and I'm out. No, I'm <laughs> Alright, my first question is from Terry Duffy. Terry asks... What is your favorite moment at the NEW arena, and how does it feel to be the only person ever to win the King of Bethany, the NEW Live Championship, and the Heavyweight Championship? It's funny you mention that, because I do bring that up on one of these upcoming studio wars. Um, I, I said, and, like, it sounds... I, sometimes I just say shit, right? And, like, <laughs> this probably bit me in the ass more times than it helped me. But I am, like... I'm the most decorated champion in the history of Northeast wrestling. And, like, that's, like, such a storied promotion. Like, yeah, guys had more heavyweight title reigns, but, like, there's three things you can do as an individual, and I happen to accomplish all three. So, like, to me, like, I could definitely say, like, that's a huge deal for, um, for me personally, especially because I wanted to get into Northeast wrestling for so long. Um, and the fact that, like, I got in there and I was able to accomplish those things, like, super, super pumped about that. Now I just got to win them tag straps, baby. And, it, you know, I'll, I'll fucking, don't worry. I'll get me a partner. I'll, Amber Tunis, he'll come back from the knee injury. We'll take those tag straps, too. Um, but going back to my favorite moment at the NEW Arena, there's definitely a few. I would say winning the title from um, Jake Hager was probably the top one because, again, amateur wrestling background, me and him clicked right away. He would be on my list of favorite opponents if I had more matches with him. We only had, like, three or four. But, like, we were, we clicked right away, like, as people in the ring, out of the ring. Um, and our chemistry, luckily, in the ring was really good. And we, we had these good matches at these baseball stadiums. And it was cool because at the time, I'm like, the crowd was 50-50. And I'm like, yo, this is wild, like. I'm in here with a, a former world champ, and, like, the crowd's 50-50. I was just like, this is, like, this is dope. 
And then we get to the NEW arena, and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm winning the title tonight. I hope the crowd isn't 50-50. Like, I want them to be behind me tonight. And luckily, when I went out there, everybody booed him, and everyone was going crazy for me. So I was like, holy shit, like, I'm getting cheered over this guy right now. Like, what is going on? Um, so that was, like, definitely one of my favorite moments. And then you mentioned earlier my return um, from the ACL surgery early. Just because me and John Roy, the, the head production guy over at Northeast Wrestling, producer of the What's His Limp podcast, and just overall swell guy, um, he, we like shot things for my entrance video because my new song had like a little longer opening to it. Okay. So we shot things where I was like, all right, I don't want people to know it's me right away. I said I wanted to say Big Bacon like when the beat drops. So I was like, let's take shots of like, you know, my arm or whatever, my back whatever, just so they don't know at first, so it's cool when you watch that moment, because the song hits, and everyone's like, who the hell is about to come out, and then when it pops up Big Bacon on the screen, dude, everyone just, like, jumps out of their chair and goes nuts, and I'm like, that's exactly how it went, like, the way I pictured that in my head, like, that's exactly how it went, so, like, super, super cool with that one, and, um, this one, and it's funny, like, this one wasn't a big one with the crowd or anything, but this was just a personal one, it was myself and Hammer Tunis, because um, it was originally supposed to be a singles match with uh, me versus Mike Gamble, but I was going through a lot of back pain, so I was afraid that I wasn't able to go through a singles match on my own. So I got switched to a tag match, and it was myself and Hammer Tunis, who in real life is one of my best friends in the world, against uh, Sumo and Dexter Liu, who are two of my best friends in wrestling. So just being able to be out there in like a place that I really like, I take a lot of pride in the Bethany Arena, and I think a lot of Northeast wrestlers do. Um, and being out there with, like, three of my best friends, it was just, like, it was a really cool moment. All right. Uh, Terry's other question he had for you, and he asked this to everybody, is if you could create a custom title design, what would it look like, and what kind of match would you defend it in? Um, oof. It would... A nice-looking championship. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, you know what? It would it would just be a Space Jam logo, and it's whoever could watch Space Jam the longest. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, there's just a Space Jam DVD in my face, so that's the only thing I can think of. Um, you know, I, you know what? I'll go with the easy generic answer: a piece of bacon, and then we'll defend it in a. Um, you ever see that episode of The Office where Michael Scott steps on the Foreman Grill? Yes, I did. Yeah, so the whole bottom of the ring will be Foreman Grills. Oh, and wow. They'll random, and they'll randomly turn on at times. It'd kind of be like an Inferno match in a way. <laughs> yes, uh, Informant match. There we go, an Informant match. I like that. So, my next question is from Billy. Billy asks, I saw you bowl with JT Dunn literally into some ringside chairs at my first ever show. How's your bowling game? And also, who would you like to defend the NEW Live Championship against first? So, okay, this the bowling game is weird, right? Every time, I like, I'll get hot, right, for like a stretch. And then out of nowhere, it just falls off the face of the earth. And then I can't get it back. But like, when I'm hot for that stretch, watch out. Other than that, not great. Um, and who I want to defend against... Uh, I'm biased because real life, one of my good friends, and I'm just, I'm so proud of all the work he's been doing. 
Uh, Sumo. Sumo okay. is definitely a guy I would like to defend against. Uh, Mike Verna is another one up there. And then you got guys like uh, Richard Holiday, who I never got a chance to wrestle before. I would really like to get in there with him. Um, and then you, you got guys like Matt Tate, right? Where, you know, Ring of Honor wrestlers are allowed to wrestle at Northeast Wrestling. You know, he's a staple of Northeast Wrestling. So, where is he bet, right? You know, he, he likes to claim he's one of the greatest champs in Northeast Wrestling history. Well, I am the greatest champ in Northeast Wrestling history, and I got all the facts to back it up. So, I've been trying to shoehorn that match in as much as possible and try to get it in as many years as possible because I want to wrestle Matt Taven. So, that is probably the one I would like to defend against the most or just wrestle in any kind of match. Okay. Matt Taven. I would love to see that, actually. I definitely could see that as a main event. Well, listen, so many guys, like, want to wrestle, you know, people they grew up watching or whatever it is. Like... When I first started, me and David wrestled a couple tag matches, and he was, like, one of the, the few guys that definitely, like, knew a lot more than me that I wrestled early that really helped me, right? Some guys would know more, and they would, like, hold it in. David, like, the few times I wrestled him would, like, really, really, like, sit down with me afterwards, and, like, he was encouraging where a lot of people would just be like, well, this sucked, this sucked. He'd be like, no, no, this was awesome. This... So, like, that's one reason. Another big reason is, again, Northeast Wrestling for that crowd I don't think there would be a bigger match because it's two of the best guys that ever wrestled at Northeast, you know what I mean? Like, Or two of the, like that were consistent there, you know? I could definitely see that being a 50-50 one, that's for sure. Also, I don't care what it is, I just want to beat that ass. <laughs> Next question is from Phil. Phil asks, how do you plan on beating Alec Price on April 3rd for your Test of Strength wrestling debut at Dear Norma? Dude's about 110 pounds. I lift 110 pounds with probably, like, I was going to say something ex uh, expletive, but let's just say uh, let's just say my hand, right? Let's just say my hand. Okay. I was going to say something else. Um, but, yeah, dude, if, if I was to really break this down, like it was an actual fight between two of us, there wouldn't be too much of a conversation. It would just be me going in there, whooping his ass um, as fast as, or as slow as I would like, and uh, just beat him down. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he got because, you know, I, I've seen, I see clips of him everywhere. It seems like he got some got some tools in his tool shed, so I'm excited to see the matchup, you know? All right. Next question is from Anthony Pika. Anthony wants to ask, the world still wants to know, can Chuck poop? Or after all this time, does he still have issues? I, I hope so, because if he's still blocked up from a year... And it would have been a year of quarantine, too, so, like, it would be hibernation mode. It would not be good. It would not be a good look. So, I have not checked his toilets recently. Okay. Um, but, if I were to guess, I would say he has let some bowels go. Okay. I would say, I would say his bowels have moved. Analytically speaking. All right. Next question is from Kelsey. Kelsey asks, what made you come up with the name Big Bacon, and how are you doing during these pandemic times? Hope all is well. We miss you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, so, the name Big Bacon, I, I've said this before, like, um, Ryan Drew, Ryan Waters, we were doing an in-ring promo one time, and um, we, it was a thing at Top Row Promotions, and we were Team Waters. And this is like, this is what really started the closers, was Team Waters. And he was going through, like, myself, uh, Hammer Tunis, and TK, and 
he was like, oh, TK, you know, like, Division One baseball player, this, this, and that. And then he said, like, Tunis, this guy will rip your arm off and beat you down with it, right? Says something about him. And then came to me, and he just goes, this thick-cut piece of all-American bacon. And, like, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, and so did TK. And when I tag with people, 90% of the time, I'm just trying to make them laugh, especially if they're my friend, right? So, like, yep. if, anytime you see me in a tag match with, like, Tunis, or at the time it was, like, TK, majority of the time, I'm just trying to make my partner laugh, because we get, like, on the ride home, we'll laugh, like, yo, remember when you did this? Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so, when TK thought it was funny, we would be in the ring, and I would, like, suplex someone, and I would shout out, like, bacon, baby, or just, like, something ridiculous, and then it started catching on, so then I made the, the bacon and chill t-shirt, and that shit sold, like, crazy, so I was like, well, if this sells t-shirts, then I am going to stick with this. All right. So... My next question is from Simon. Simon asks, how does it feel to win the NEW Live Championship? Also, on April 3rd, will you have more of those socks to sell? Well, I'm actually, like, way out of socks. I haven't had socks in forever. i got to look at if they even exist anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely cool winning the NEW Live title because, again, I knew that that was going to be Christian's last match with Northeast, so him being one of my favorite opponents and knowing that, like, we're not going to wrestle each other in the immediate future for a while, like, the title was definitely cool and it means a lot to win a title, but, like, and two of the titles coming from that meant a lot uh, for me in this scenario, you know what I mean? Like, just that it was one of my good friends, someone that I really respect and uh, appreciate and love wrestling, um... It was really cool to be able to go in there with him and wrestle for that belt in his last his last uh, go around with Northeast Wrestling for a bit. So yeah, it was definitely a really cool feeling knowing that not only am I wrestling Christian on his last time, I'm also going to be uh, taking the title and carrying it forward. All right. Uh, my next question is from Joey Gonzalez. I think he's asked you this many times on what's sizzling before, but do you like pineapple on pizza? You asked me a ton, and it is disgusting. I, I, I would never. I agree with you on that. I'm not a pineapple guy in pizza, so. I will see. I'm just not a pineapple guy in general. So, like, why would I put something that I don't like by itself on something I do like by itself in pizza? No, I understand that. Do you like I any? Oh, okay. Do you like any toppings on pizza? Or. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, meat, dude. Like, it's so funny, right? Like, I am. Like, the whole big bacon thing, like, that's not a gimmick, dude. Like, I freaking, I do not eat vegetables. And <laughs> it's funny because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, but I do not eat vegetables. So my toppings on pizza are, like, all meat-based and meat-related. It would be, like, bacon, hamburger, chicken. Pepperoni. Um, pepperoni, yeah, big, big pep guy. But pepperoni's great if you're getting, like, a party size and you have a lot of people there. But, like... If I'm ordering, like, a medium from Domino's, right, give me, like, chicken bacon with barbecue sauce. Like, that's, that's the move. Ooh. I like a good chicken bacon ranch slice, man. Or is it chicken bacon? You just, like, no ranch. I'm not a ranch guy. Oh, uh, okay, no problem. Because ranch, well, I hope it's not a problem. Um, ranch <laughs> goes on salad. So ranch reminds me of vegetables. No thank you on the ranch. Um, 
Well, yeah, I would definitely go. It's chicken bacon, barbecue sauce, the, the deep dish ones they do over at Domino's. Come on. I got you. It's money. So I got one last question. This is my own personal question. Um, it's something interesting. A uh, buddy of mine at, my, at work, where I work, named Frank, um, he came up with me with an interesting uh, question about the 1993 Royal Rumble. He thinks that uh, I should ask on my podcast. So the question would be, how many eye rakes do you think there are in the 1993 Royal Rumble? Um, so there's 30 guys, let's just say 15 averages, let's say every guy averages four irates. I'm going to go with 60. Okay. Because uh, it's an interesting question because um, he told me to check it out on the WWE Network and um, I lost count, to be honest, man. It's an interesting thing. I think you definitely should try Wait, so you don't even have the answer? I don't even have the answer, man. Come on! You did it like, you did it like, alright, let's see how close you get to the answer. Now I don't even know the answer. I gotta, I gotta go watch, watch the Dragon's Three Rumble and sit there and count Irene. <laughs> Trust me, you'll. I was excited. I wanted to see how close I was. So, I, dude, I personally guessed 48. So, you know, it could be any question or any answer because uh, no one really has an accurate answer. But. Oh, it's definitely up. Okay. So. Analytics exists in everything. There's got to be someone that just did absolutely nothing with their life. In a good way. Not in a bad way. I think people that sit and be like, and it sounds like I am being insulting, but I'm not at all. Because, like, the people that break down the analytics of football, yeah, they might just sit in a dark room and only, like, look at numbers. But, like, if it wasn't for those numbers, a lot of coaches wouldn't know what the hell they're doing in certain situations. So I love analytic people. So I'm not saying this in a, in a negative, con uh, negative light at all. But. There's got to be someone who just sat in a fucking dark room and watched that 93 Rumble from every angle and seen every eye ring. There's got to be one. <laughs> there you go. Well, Big Bacon, thank you so much for joining me today on the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G. Do you have any uh, social media links you want to drop? Um, none. I'm, um, my social medias are at Nickelodeon. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, <laughs> At Big Bacon Brad on everything, I think. And if not, follow, uh, just listen to the What's Sizzling Podcast. How about that? That's my plug. Listen to the What's Sizzling Podcast. Uh, join the Sizzle Squad. I don't, let's, let's put it like this. I don't do interviews, right? I have my own show. I have my own content. I usually don't do interviews. But Joey G, always been a supporter of the Sizzle Squad, or Patreon group. So the second he asked me, I said, absolutely, I'll do it for you because you've always been a supporter of me. So if you are going to join the Sizzle Squad or are, um, you want to start listening to our podcast, download it, subscribe, it's on everything, that will be my plug. Because, you know, you become, I, I get personally invested in you at that point. You know what I mean? I have a personal investment in this podcast. I, I want you to succeed. Bacon, I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, so, Speak, and, speaking from my sizzly heart. <laughs> Thick cut heart. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G with my guest Big Bacon Brad Hollister today. And I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a good night. <laughs>